What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know, and if someone else knows, okay? I mean, it's just... I've got to be more specific. The how is simple enough. It's the why that troubles me. Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. Episode 194 of Mullen Zane's podcast of Rambling Randomness, and it is a special story time edition. We will have our regular Hannah with her Finnish facts for you today. We will also have Eleanor Wrestling, and uh, we will be telling you stories. Well, I will be playing you stories from uh, a little bit in our history here, from the past four years we've been doing this. So uh, why don't you guys sit back, relax. And enjoy. Me and Zane have been off for a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll be back next week. So, uh, enjoy. Sir, we had mentioned earlier that we have this little contest going on. The Fox and Socks. I'm going to do this. Zane gonna is going to do, do this, this shit right now. He's going to do this I like no Brutus. Practice. Brutus. I, I'm, I'm, I've got a dry mouth. <laughs> I Best finished my it. coffee. Wait, i got a little, little bit left. Hold on. All right. <laughs> okay. He's going to go Here first. Here we go. This is a fox and socks. Now, like I said, you don't have to speed read it. Fox, socks, box, knots. Knots and box, fox and socks. Knock on fox and fox and box. Socks on knocks and knocks and box. Fox and socks on box and knocks. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with blocks come. Chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come. Look, sir. Look, sir. Mr. Knox, sir. Let's do tricks with bricks and blocks, sir. Let's do tricks with chicks and clocks, sir. First, I'll make a a quick trick brick stack. Then I'll make a quick trick block stack. And here's a new trick, Mr. Knock. Socks on chicks and chicks on fox. Fox on clocks on bricks and blocks. Now we come to tricks and talks, sir. Try to say this, Mr. Knock, sir. Knock on fox tick. And clocks on knock talk. Six sick bricks tick. Sick six sick clike chicks talk. Please, sir, I don't like this trick, sir. My tongue isn't quick on slick, sir. I get all those tricks and clocks, sir. Mix up with those chicks and talks, sir. I can't do it, Mr. Fox, sir. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Knox, sir. Here's an easy game to play. Here's an easy thing to say. New socks, two socks. Who socks? Who socks? Who's Sue's? Who's socks? Sue, Sue, Sue's socks. Who sees who, Sue? 
So, that's so. so. Those new socks, sir, and see, so, Sue, so, Sue's new socks, sir. That's not easy, Mr. Foxster. Who care, who comes, cl- crow comes, slow Joe Crow comes, oh, so's crow's clothes, Sue, so's crow's clothes, slow Joe Crow, Sue, so's, though, who's clothes, Sue's clothes, Sue, so's socks of fox in socks now. <laughs> <laughs> Hose, ho, oh, hose goes, rose grows, nose, hose grows, some crows, rose grows, some. Mr. Fox, I hate this game, sir. This game makes my tongue quite lame, sir. Mr. Fox, oh, no, that's not Mr. Fox, that's Mr. Knox. Sir, what a shame, sir. Well, let's find something new to do now. Here is a lots of new blue goo now. New goo, blue goo, gooey goo, blue goo, new goo. Goody goo for chewing chew, for chewy chewing. That's what that gooey goose is doing. Do you choose to chew goo too, sir? If sir, you sir, choose to chew, sir. With the goo goose chew, sir. Do, sir? Mr. Fox, sir. I would do it. I can't say. I won't chew it. Very well, sir. Step this way. We'll find another game to play. Bim comes, Ben comes. Bim brings Ben Broom. Ben brings Brim Broom. Ben Ben's Brim's Broom? I lost my place. Oh, man. Well, Ben brings Brim's Broom. Brim Ben's Ben's Broom. Brim Benz, Benz Benz, Benz Beat, Neck Benz, Broom Breaks, Brim Benz, Broom Breaks. Who's Ben? Benz Band, Bim's Band, Big Band, Pig Bands, Bim and Bem, Lead Bands with Brooms, Benz Band, Brant Band, Bangs, and ben, Bim's Band, Booms. Bit pig band, boom band, big band, broom band. My poo mouth, my poor mouth, can't say that. No, sir, my poor mouth is much too slow, sir. Well, then, bring your mouth this way. I'll find something you can say. Luke Luck likes lakes. Luke's duck likes lakes. Luke Luck licks lakes. Lux duck licks lakes. Duck takes licks in lakes. Loom luck likes. Luke luck takes licks in laked duck likes. I can't blab such blimber blumber. My tongue isn't much made of rubber. Mr. Knock, how now, come now, come now, you don't have to be so dumb now. Try to say this, Mr. Knock, please. Though three three cheese trees, three free fleas flew. While these fleas flew, freezy, breezy, blue. Freezy, breeze, made these three trees freeze? Sneeze, no. That's what makes these three free fleas sneeze. Stop it. Stop it. That's enough, sir. 
I can't say such silly stuff, sir. Very well. Then, Mr. Knox, sir, let's have a little talk about Tweedle... Tweedle Beetles. What do you know about Tweedle Beetles? Well, when Tweedle Beetles flight, fight, it's called a Twiddle, Tweedle Beetle battle. And when they battle in a puddle, it's a Tweedle Beetle puddle battle. And when Tweedle Beetle buttles with paddles in a puddle, they call it a Tweedle Beetle puddle paddle battle. <laughs> And when beetles battle beetles in a puddle paddle battle, and the beetle battle puddles is a puddle in a bottle, they call this a tweedle beetle bottle puddle paddle battle muddle. And when the beetles fight these battles in a bottle with a, their paddles and the bottles on the poodle and the poodles eating noodles they call this a moodle poodle tw twiddle po poodle beetle noodle bottles pedal battle and wait a minute mr socks fox when a fox is in a bottle where the Tweedle Beetles battle with their paddles in a puddle on a noodle-eating poodle, this is what they call a Tweedle Beetle Noodle Poodle pa Bottle Paddle Muddle Duddle Fuddle Waddle Fox in a Socks or Fox in a Socks. Our game is done, sir. Thank you for lots of fun. Sir. And that was Z Money reading Dr. Seuss's box in socks. In the laid back California town of sunny San Rafael lived a girl named Pearly Sweetcake. You probably knew her well. She'd been stoned 15 of her 18 years And the story was widely told That she could smoke them faster Than anyone could roll Her legend finally reached New York That Grove Street walk-up flat Where dwelt the Calistoga kid A beatnik from the past With long brown lightning fingers He takes a cultured toke And says, hell, I can roll them faster, Jim Than any bitch can smoke so a note gets sent to San Rafael for the championship of the world. The kid demands a smoke-off. We'll bring him on, says Pearl. I'll grind his fingers off his hands. He'll roll until he drops. Says Calistoga, I'll smoke that bitch till she blows up and pops. So they ran out Yankee Stadium, and the word is quickly spread. Come one, come all, who walk or crawl. Price just two lids ahead. <laughs> and from every town and hamlet, over land and sea they speed. The world's greatest dopers with the world's greatest weed. Hashish is from Morocco, hem smokers from Peru, and the Shamniks from Bagoon, who smoke the deadly Pugaru. And those who call it light of life, and those that call it boo. <laughs> See the dealers and their ladies wearing turquoise lace and leather. See the narcos and the closet smokers puffing all together. <laughs> From the teenies who smoke legal 
to the ones who've done some time. To the old man who smoked reefer <laughs> back before it was a crime. And the grand old house that Ruth built is filled with the smoking cries of 50,000 screaming heads all stoned out of their minds. And they play the national anthem and the crowd lets out a roar as the spotlight hits the kid and Pearl ready for their smoking war. At a table piled up high with grass as high as a mountain peak, just tops and buds of the rarest flowers, not one stem, branch, or seed. Maui, Wowie, Panama red, and Acapulco gold. Keith from East Afghanistan and uh, rare Alaskan gold. Sticks from Thailand, ganja from the islands, and Bangkok's blooming best. And some of that wet imported shit that capsized off Key West. <laughs> Oaxen tops and Kenya bang and Riviera flowers and that rare Manhattan silver that grows down in the New York sewers. And there's bubbling ice cold lemonade and sweet grapes by the bunches. And there's Hershey bars and Oreos case uh, anybody gets the munchies. And the Calistoga kid, he sneers and Pearly just sits and grins. As the drums roll low and the crowd yells go and the world's first smoke-off begins. Kid flicks his magic fingers once and zap that first joint's rolled. Pearl takes one drag with her mighty lungs and whoosh, that roach is cold. <laughs> then the kid, he rolls his super bomb that'd paralyze a moose. And Pearl takes one super hit and slurp, that bomb's diffused. <laughs> Then he rolls three in just ten seconds, and she smokes him up in nine. And everybody sits back and says, <laughs> this might just take some time. See the blur of flying fingers. See the red coal burning bright. As the night turns into morning, and the morning fades into night. And the autumn turns to summer, and a whole damn year is gone. But the two still sit on that roach-filled stage, smoking and rolling on. With trembling hands, he rolls his J's with fingers blue and stiff. She coughs and stares with bloodshot gaze and puffs through blistered lips. And as she reaches out her hand for another stick of gold, the kitty gasps, God damn it, bitch! <coughs> There's nothing left to roll! Nothing left to roll, screams Pearl! Is this some kind of twisted joke? I didn't come here to fuck around, man! I came here to smoke. And she reaches across the table and grabs his bonus sleeves. And she crumbles his body between her hands like dried and brittle leaves. Flicking out his teeth and bones like useless stems and seeds. And then she rolls him in a zigzag and uh, lights him like a roach. And the fastest man with the fastest hands goes up in a puff of smoke. Back California town of sunny San Rafael, there's a girl named Pearly Sweetcake. You probably knew her well. She's been stoned 21 over 24 years, and the story's widely told how she can smoke them faster than anyone can roll. While off in New York City, on a street that has no name, there's the hands of the Calistoga Kid in the Viper Hall of Fame. And underneath his fingers, there's a little golden scroll that says, Beware of being the roller when there's nothing left to roll. Maybe I am insane. 
Give me I am insane. And maybe it's time for you to find out how insane I am. Yeah. With Eleanor Wrestling. everyone, my name is Eleanor Wrestling on the Mullen Zones podcast of Rambling Randomness. Today, I'll be recapping everything that went down this past week in WWE television on Raw, NXT and Smackdown. Be sure to subscribe to me on my YouTube channel, Eleanor Wrestling. Follow me on Twitter at It's Eleanor W and on Instagram at Eleanor underscore underscore wrestling. Right, let's get on with the recap. So on Monday Night Raw, Dewdrop and the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch defeated Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair in a tag team match. Kevin Owens defeated the United States Champion and Damian Priest to earn a future US title opportunity. RK Bro crashed the Raw Tag Team Champions Alpha Academy's graduation ceremony and got themselves a well-deserved rematch. Austin Theory defeated Finn Balor. Nikki A.S.H. launched another vicious attack on Rhea Ripley. Omos defeated Reggie in literally a squash match. The Miz and Maurice got one over over Beth Edge and Beth Phoenix. That was vicious because Maurice literally hit Beth Phoenix with a brick that was in her handbag. That was crazy. The Street Warriors, Ray and Dominic Mysterio defeated Dolph Ziggler, Rob Roode, Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz in an eight-man tag team match and in the main event Bobby Lashley defeated Seth Regan Rollins via disqualification after interference from the former members of the Hurt Business and the Usos brutally attacked Seth Rollins with super kicks. On to NXT. LA Knight called out Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller defeated Dexter Loomis. The Creed Brothers defeated Josh Briggs and Briggs Dungeon in a Dusty Classic first round match. Dante Shen vs. Skuro Raj ended in a no contest after interference from a returning Duke Hudson. Tony Angelo called out the North American champion Carmelo Hayes during Pete Dunne's memorial service, in quotation marks, because Pete Dunne is not obviously dead. Ivy Nile defeated Kaylee Ray. Malik Bade and Idris Nofe defeated the Gaia Del Fantasma in a dusty classic first round match. Dakota, Dakota Kai defeated Ulysses Leon. And in the main event, Walter defeated Roderick Strong and then announced he's changing his name to Gunther. Yeah, I'm not happy about it either. And on SmackDown, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns raised the stakes of their Royal Rumble Universal title match by making a tag team match official for the main event of SmackDown. If the Usos were to win that match, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins would be off the table for Royal Rumble. But if Seth Rollins and his tag team partner Kevin Owens were to win the match, then the Usos would be barred from ringside. Kofi Kingston defeats Madcap Moss. Aaliyah defeated Natalia by disqualification. The Valkyries defeated Los Lotharios. The SmackDown Women's Champion Sharp Flair defeats Naomi after Sonya Deville made herself referee and counted a like almost a submission as if Naomi actually tapped out but she did not. Johnny Knoxville hit Sami Zayn with like a shock stick thing in an episode of Insane. Sheamus defeated Ricochet and in the main event Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens defeated the Usos by disqualification after Roman Reigns viciously attacked Seth Rollins therefore at the Royal Rumble Seth vs Roman is still happening but the Usos are barred from ringside. That is everything that went down this past week in WWE television. Back to you guys. We got Ms. Nikki Sombrero here is about to uh, about to throw down friendly. some some about hot rhymes. Throw down some hot rhymes. It'd probably be easier with about beat box it. <laughs> So uh, by Nikki the Som- introvert who was terrified of children. Word. Seuss <laughs> <Jesus> himself. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, Ms. Sombrero. By all means. Oh boy. Let's get this crackle eaten. Alrighty, see if I can do this. <laughs> box, socks, box, knocks, knocks and box, box and socks, knocks on fox and socks and box, socks on knocks and knocks and box, 
Fox and socks on box on knocks. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with blocks come. Chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come. Look, sir. Look, sir. Mr. Knox, sir. Crap. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> look, sir. Look, sir. Mr. Knox, sir. Let's do tricks with bricks and blocks, sir. Let's do tricks with chicks and clocks, sir. First, I'll make a quick trick brick stack. Then I'll make a quick trick block stack. You can make a quick trick chick stack. You can make a quick trick clock stack. And here's a new trick, Mr. Knox. Socks on chicks and chicks on fox. Fox on clocks on bricks and blocks. Bricks and blocks on knocks and box. So dirty. <laughs> now we come to ticks and tocks, sir. Try to say this, Mr. Knox, sir. Clocks on fox tick, clocks on knox talk. Six six bricks tick, six six chicks talk. Please, sir, I don't like this trick, sir. My tongue isn't quick or slick, sir. I get all those ticks and clocks, sir. Mixed up with the chicks and tocks, sir. I can't do it, Mr. Fox, sir. I'm so sorry, Mr. Knox, sir. Here's an easy game to play. Here's an easy thing to say. New socks, two socks, whose socks, Sue socks. Who sews? Who's socks? Sue sews Sue socks. Who sees? Who sews? Who's new socks, sir? You see Sue sews Sue's new socks, sir. That was the hardest That's part. That's not it. easy, Mr. Fox, sir. Who comes? Crow comes. Slow Joe Crow comes. Who sews crows clothes? Sue sews crows clothes. Slow Joe crows sews whose clothes? Sue's clothes. Sue sews socks of fox and socks now. Slow Joe Crow sees cock. Knox. <laughs> Sue sews rose on slow crow crow's clothes. Fox sews hose on slow Joe's crow's nose. Hose grows, rose grows. Nose hose grows some. Crow's rose grows some. Mr. Fox, I hate this game, sir. This game makes my tongue quite lame, sir. Mr. Knox, sir, what a shame, sir. We'll find something new to do now. Here's lots of new blue goo now. New goo, blue goo, gooey gooey. Blue goo, new goo, gluey gluey. Gooey goo for chewy chewing. That's what that goo goose is doing. Do you choose to chew goo too, sir? If, sir, you, sir, choose to chew, sir. With the goo goose chew, sir. Do, sir. Mr. Fox, <laughs> sir, I won't do it. I can't say it. I won't chew it. Very well, sir, step this way. We'll find another game to play. Bim comes, Ben comes. Bim brings Ben broom. Ben brings Bim broom. Ben bends Bim's broom. Bim bends Ben's broom. Bims bends, bends bins. Ben's bent broom breaks. Bim's bent broom breaks. Ben's band, Bim's band. Big bands, pig bands. Bim and Ben lead bands with brooms. Ben's band bangs and Bim's band booms. Pig band, boom band, big band, broom band. My poor mouth can't say that, no sir. My poor mouth is much too slow, sir. Well then, bring your mouth this way. I'll find it something it can say. Luke Luck likes lakes. 
Luke's duck likes lakes. Luke luck licks lakes. Lux duck licks lakes. Y'all are so waiting for me to mess this up. <laughs> Duck takes licks in lakes Luke Luck likes. Luke Luck takes licks in lakes Duck likes. I can't blah such blibber blubber. My tongue isn't made of rubber. Mr. Knox, now come on now, come on now. You don't have to be so dumb now. Try to say this, Mr. Knox, please. Through these cheese trees... Three free fleas flew. While these fleas flew, freezy breeze blew. Freezy breeze made these three trees freeze. Freezy trees made these trees cheese freeze. That's what made these three free fleas sneeze. Stop it, stop it. That's enough, sir. I can't say such silly stuff, sir. Well then, Mr. Knox, sir, let's have a little talk about Tweedle Beetles. What do you know about Tweedle Beetles? Well, when Tweedle Beetle fight, it's called a Tweedle Beetle battle. And when they battle in a puddle, it's a Tweedle Beetle puddle battle. And when Tweedle Beetles battle with paddles in a puddle, they call it a Tweedle Beetle puddle paddle battle. <laughs> and when Beetles battle Beetles in a puddle battle puddle. <laughs> And these beetle battle puddle is a puddle in a bottle. They call this a tweedle beetle bottle puddle battle. Puddle battle battle muddle. Apple. <laughs> and when beetles fight these battles in a bottle with their paddles, and the bottles on a poodle and the poodles eating noodles, they call this a muddle puddle tweedle poodle beetle noodle puddle battle battle. <laughs> And now wait a minute, Mr. Socks. When a fox is in a bottle where the Tweedle Beetles battle with their paddles in a puddle on a noodle eating poodle, this is what they call a Tweedle Beetle noodle poodle bottled paddle muddled duddled fuddled waddled fox in a sock, sir. Fox in a socks. Our game is done, sir. Thank you for a lot of fun, sir. <laughs> Hey, all right. That was Nikki Sombrero's turn at the Fox and Socks Challenge. The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. True. Nervous. Very. Very dreadfully nervous. I had been and am. But why do you say that I'm mad? The disease had sharpened my senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was a sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in the heaven and the earth. I heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you the whole story. It is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain. But once conceived, it haunted me day and night. Object? There was none. Passion? There was none. I loved the old man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold I had no desire. I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. One of his eyes resembled that of a vulture. A pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. And so by degrees, very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever.
Now, this is the point you fancy me mad. Mad men know nothing. But you should have seen me. You should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight, with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it. Oh, so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my head, I put in a dark lantern, all closed closed so that no light shone out and then I thrust in my head oh you would have laughed to see how cunningly I thrust it in I moved it slowly very very slowly so that I might not disturb the old man's sleep it took me an hour to place my head within the opening so far that I could see him as he lay upon his bed ha would a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. Oh, so cautiously. Cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights. Every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed. And so it was impossible to do the work, for it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he had passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man, indeed, to suspect that every night, just at twelve, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my own powers, of my sagacity. I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph. I think that there I was, opening the door little by little and he not even to dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. I fairly chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me, for he moved on the bed suddenly as if startled. Now you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with the thick darkness, for the shutters were closed fastened through fear for robbers. And so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, and I kept pushing it on steadily, Steadily, I had my head in and was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tin fastening and the old man sprang up in the bed crying out, Who's there? I kept quite still and said nothing. For a whole hour I did not move a muscle and in the meantime I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed listening just as I have done night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently I heard a slight groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or of grief. Oh no. It was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it was welled up from my own bosom 
deepening with its dreadful echo, the terrors that distracted me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt. Pitied him. Although I chuckled at heart, I knew that he'd been lying awake ever since the first slight noise. When he had turned then the bed, his fears had been ever since growing upon him. He'd been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He'd been saying to himself, It's nothing but the wind in the chimney. It is only a mouse crossing the floor. Or, it is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes. He has been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found all in vain. All in vain because death in approaching him had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he neither saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. You cannot imagine how stealthily, stealthily until at length a single dim ray, like the thread of the spider, shot from out the crevice and fell upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide wide open and I grew furious as I gazed upon it I saw it with perfect distinctness all a dull blue with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very marrow in my bones but I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person for I had directed the rays if by instinct precisely upon the damn spot and now have I not told you that what you mistake for madness is but over-acuteness of the senses. Now, I say, there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury, as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. But even yet, I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could maintain the ray upon the eye. Meantime, the hellish tattoo of the heart increased. It grew quicker, quicker, louder and louder every instant. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say louder every moment. Do you mark me well? Have I told you that I am nervous? So I am. And now, at the dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of that old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror. Yet, for some minutes longer I refrained and stood still. But the beating grew louder, louder. I thought the heart must burst. And now a new anxiety seized me. The sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leaped into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done, but for many minutes, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. 
It would not be heard through the wall. At length it ceased. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and it held there many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. His eye would trouble me no more. If still you think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I worked hastily. But in silence, first of all, I dismembered the corpse. I cut off the head and the arms and the legs. I then took up three planks from the flooring of the chamber, deposited all between the scantlings, and then replaced the board so cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. There was nothing to wash out, no stain of any kind, no blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that. A tub had caught all. <laughs> uh, when I had made an end of these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down to open it with a light heart. For what had I now to fear? There entered three men who introduced themselves with perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. Suspicion of foul play had been aroused. Information had been lodged at the police office. And they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. I smiled. For what had I to fear? I bade the gentlemen welcome. The shriek said it was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. Led them at length to his chamber. Showed them his treasures secure, undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I bought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest from their fatigues. While I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. <laughs> the officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But ere long I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears. But still they sat, and still chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct. I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling, but it continued and gained definitiveness, until at length I found that the noise was not within my ears. No doubt I grew very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased. What could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound. Much such a sound as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and argued about trifles, in a high key and with violent gesticulations, but the noise steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observations of the men, but the noise steadily increased. 
Oh God, what could I do? I foamed. I raved. I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grafted upon the boards, but the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, louder, louder. Still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no. No, they heard. They suspected. They knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought, and this I think. But anything was better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt that I must scream or die. And now again, hark louder, 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 louder. Villains! I shrieked. Dissemble no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Here, here. It is the beating of his hideous heart. Now with a fact finder from the east. The big snowstorm has been going on for two days and it's still ongoing. We spent the night at my parents' place in Espo, near Nuxio, where the snow banks have been measured to be up to 53 centimeters high. So in inches that would be almost 21. And we have got 20 centimeters snow just in the last 24 hours uh, in inches about 7 and 7.9. <laughs> and it really is still heavily snowing more. <laughs> there are warnings all over the news here in Finland about the driving conditions are are being bad and that people should stay home. Of course we had to drive home anyway. Uh, the drive from Espo to our home in Hyvinkää is a little less than an hour away. It went okay. This storm is big. <laughs> uh, here in Finland it's called Valtteri Myrsky and this same snowstorm is uh, called Malik in Sweden but I don't know any more names for it uh, but what would really like to know do you Americans give names to your storms and if so I believe you have a, some kind of similar situation in there right now too. What is the name of this storm you have there? I took some pictures of the snow, of the amount of snow uh, at my parents place where there is more, uh, slightly more snow than we do have it here. And I took some photos on our yard and and if I find some interesting 
other pictures of the amazing amount of snow or the storm. I will put them all in Hannah's podcast Twitter and Instagram. So if you're if you're interested, go check them out. Uh, also, I have really been sleeping on my Twitter account. I <laughs> forgot to keep posting stuff there. But now I have a lot of quick facts and myths ready to be posted there at least a couple times a week. There are at least two or three new ones now over there and and I have many more in my phone just waiting to be put in Twitter. <sighs> you can probably uh, tell from my tired voice and me forgetting even more words than usually that I am kind of tired <laughs> but let's try to keep this as easy and breezy and light as possible <laughs> so this time just kind of my Twitter style <laughs> quick facts and myths. And our first quick fact. Someone who has geomelophagia has the urge to eat raw potatoes. And now a quick myth. MSG equals headache. MSG is short from monosodium glutamate, also known as sodium glutamate. Sodium salt of glutamic acid. MSG is found naturally in some foods, including tomatoes and cheese, in this glutamic acid form acid form. And there are no scientific proof of it causing headaches, just some anecdotal evidence implicating monosodium glutamate. glutamate. And a fact. The bumblebee bat is the world's smallest mammal. It is also Really cute. (laughs) And a myth. Everyone died young in the Middle Ages. Uh, Yeah, uh, the average life expectancy in the Middle Ages is skewed young because there was so much infant mortality. But if a person lived to adulthood, it wasn't uncommon to live to be anywhere from 60 to 60 to 80 years old. And a quick fact. The Philippines consists of 7,641 islands. 
and a myth. Lightning never strikes the same place twice. Anyone familiar with lightning rods could probably already tell you there's nothing stopping lightning from hitting the same spot twice. The Empire State Building, for example, once endured eight strikes in 24 minutes during a storm. Even without a lightning rod, there's nothing keeping lightning away from the spot that just got hit. In fact, the features that made the spot likely to get hit once height, the presence of standing water, or terrain's shape, for example, would be just as attractive to a second bolt, according to the National Severe Storms Laboratory. A fact. Sudan has more pyramids than any country in the world. Not only does Sudan have more pyramids than Egypt, but the numbers aren't even close. While 138 pyramids have been discovered in Egypt, Sudan boasts around 255. Myth Daddy long legs are the most poisonous spider, but their fangs aren't long enough to break human skin. First things first. There's an order of Arcanid called Daddy Long Legs that aren't actually spiders at all and don't have venom glands. Those are clearly not the most poisonous spider. But there is another creature called a, a Daddy Long Legs spider and that one does, in fact, have short fangs and venom. But here's the catch. There have been no scientific studies injecting humans with that venom and comparing the effects to other spiders. For obvious ethical reasons. So there's really no basis for this myth. In fact, a Mythbusters spider specialist compared daddy long legs spider venom to a black widow's and found out the red-bellied arcanids was more toxic. And then effects. Lemons float, but limes sink. <laughs> Lemons and limes both have densities that are very close to water, so you would expect that they would both both float. However, limes are slightly denser than lemons, which is why they sink and lemons float. And a myth. More people are alive today than have died throughout history. It has been suggested that about 6 billion people have died since the time uh, the Egyptian pyramids were built. That would be about a billion fewer 
than the number of people on Earth today. But even if we used the most conservative dating methods for the age of the Earth, young Earth theories attribute an age somewhere between 6,000 to 10,000 years to the Earth. The pyramids were still a relatively late event. There would have to have been many millions of people, perhaps billions of people, who died before then. Our current global population just can't keep up. Moreover, one has to exclude infanticide, which has a relatively long history and yet is often overlooked or explained away in formal reporting. That phenomenon is sure to throw off this comparison. It is true, however, that life expectancy is generally improved in many parts of the world, though not by that much. And then a fact. Our circulatory system is more than 60,000 miles long. And a myth? You'll get warts if you touch a toad. (laughs) While humans get warts from viruses, the bumps on the frogs are glands. Secretions might irritate your skin but you won't be left with warts. And a fact. People once ate arsenic to improve their skin. (laughs) There were skin products on the market in the late 19th century, like Dr. James P. Campbell's safe, (laughs) safe, arsenic complexion wafers that were meant to be eaten. They claimed to get rid of freckles, freckles, blackheads and other facial disfigurements. Yes, no worries about your skin when you die. Corpses don't mind spots on their faces. And now a myth. George Washington chopped down a cherry tree. Except no, he did not. This never actually happened. And a fact. It takes a drop of water 90 days to travel the entire Mississippi River. And a myth. Mussolini made the trains run on time. This is false and only propaganda. A fact. There is enough gold inside Earth to coat the whole planet. Most of it is in the Earth's deepest core. Another myth. Sharks can smell blood from a mile away. Sharks do have an incredible sense of smell and 
They can smell blood at one part per million, about a cup of water in a swimming pool. Uh, but that is far from sensing an ocean's worth of potential prey. And a fact. There are parts of Africa in all four hemispheres. And a myth. Uh, Julius Caesar was born by Caesarian section. Caesar was born by natural birth in the customary way. The Caesarian section surgical birthing procedure draws its name from the Lex Caesarea. Uh, well, sorry if I butchered that name again. <laughs> Lex, Lex Caesarea law of Caesar which stated that a child is to be cut from the womb of the mother if the mother died during childbirth. Apparently the ancient word had precedent for C-section birth, though it is unknown if the procedure had a statistically significant survival rate for the mother. And I just have to say, <laughs> this, myth ha had, this myth had so many difficult words, or maybe I just am really out of it, because I have been ill. <laughs> Oh my god, but I will soldier on. Next one is a fact. Running amok is a medically recognized mental condition considered a culturally bound syndrome. A person running amok in Malaysia starts with a period of brooding and then commits a sudden frenzied mass attack. Wow. And now it's time for our last myth. And it is a disgusting one. So brace yourselves. Earwigs bury into your ears. Thank God this is a myth, but just you wait. Despite the fact that they like dark, cozy places, you would rarely find an earwig in anyone's ears. Admittedly, their name did come from an 18th century belief that the bugs buried into sleeping humans' ears and into their brains into their brains, causing pain, deafness, and even death. Of course, that, of course, that turned out to be a myth. Now we know that they feed on plants and sometimes smaller insects, but they are not dangerous to humans. I am so disgusted 
and I'm so happy it's only a myth, but I'm sure I will have nightmares from this for weeks. Now, after that disgusting myth, <laughs> we need something light to end up my segment today. So here's a quick fun fact. A cow bison hybrid is called a beefalo. And I love that. So that was all from me today. I'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Okay. Introduce the host of the show, the man with the fox and socks here with him. All right. Let's see. He's wearing the fox. He's handling socks. This is Mole. All right. Here we go. Fox and socks by Dr. Seuss. Fox and socks, box knocks. Knocks and box, fox and socks. Knocks on fox and socks and box. Socks, no- socks on knocks and knocks and box. Fox and socks on box on knocks. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with blocks come. Chicks with bricks and blocks and clocks come. Look, sir, look, sir, Mr. Knox, sir. Let's do tricks with bricks and blocks, sir. Let's do tricks with chicks and clocks, sir. First, I'll make a quick trick brick step. Then, I'll make a quick trick block step. You can make a quick trick chick stack. And you can make a quick trick clock stack. And here's a new trick, Mr. Knox. Socks on chicks and chicks on fox. Fox on clocks on bricks and blocks. Bricks and blocks on knocks on box. Now we come to ticks and talks, sir. Try to say this, Mr. Knox, sir. Clocks on fox tick. Clocks on Knox talk. Six sick bricks tick. Six six chicks talk. Please, Mr. Oh, please, sir. Whatever. I don't like this trick, sir. My tongue isn't quick or slick, sir. I get all those ticks and clocks, sir. Mixed up with the chicks and talks, sir. I can't do it, Mr. Fox, sir. I'm so sorry, Mr. Knox, sir. Here's an easy game to play. Here's an easy thing to say. New socks. Two socks. Who socks? Sue socks. Who sews? Sue Who sews? Who socks? Sue sews? Sue socks. Who sees? Who sew? Who's new socks, sir? You see Sue sew? Sue's new socks, sir. That's not easy, Mr. Fox, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes? Crow comes. Slow Joe Crow comes. It's kind of racist. <laughs> Who sues crow's clothes? Oh, so. Who sues so's crow's clothes? Slow Joe Crow sews. Who's clothes? Sue's clothes. Sue sews socks of fox and socks now. Slow Joe Crow sews knocks and box now? Slow Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Sue sews rose on slow Joe Crow's clothes. Fox sews hose on slow Joe Crow's nose. <laughs> hose goes. Rose grows. Nose hose goes hum. Crows rose grows some. Where's my money, Rose? Mr. Fox, I hate this game, sir. This game makes my tongue quite lame, sir. Mr. Knox, sir, what a shame, sir. We'll find something new to do now. Here's lots of new blue goo now. New goo, blue goo. Gooey gooey, blue goo, new goo, gluey gluey. Gooey gooey for chewy chewing. That's what that goo goose is doing. You choose to chew goo too, sir? If sir, you sir choose to chew, sir. 
with the goo goose too, sir. Do, sir. Mr. Fox, sir, I won't do it. I, I can't say I won't chew it. Very well, sir. Step this way. We'll find another game to play. Bim comes, Ben comes. Bim brings, Ben broom. Ben brings, Ben broom. Ben bans, Ben's broom. Bim bans, Ben's broom. Damn, Ben. Bim's bans. Ben's bans. Ben's bent broom breaks. Bim's bent broom breaks. Ben's ban, Bim's ban. Big bans, big bans. Bim and Ben lead bans with brooms. Ben's ban bangs and Bim's ban brooms. Pig ban, boom ban, big ban, broom ban. My poor mouth can't say that. No, sir. No. My poor mouth is much too slow, sir. Well, then. Bring your bitch mouth this way. <laughs> I'll find us something it can say. Luke Luck likes lakes. Luke's duck likes lakes. <laughs> Luke Luck licks lakes. Luck's duck licks lakes. Duck takes licks in lakes Luke Luck likes. Luke Luck takes licks in lakes Duck likes. I can't blab such blither blabber. My tongue isn't made of rubber. Mr. Knox, now come now, come now. You don't have to be so dumb now. Try to say this, Mr. Knox, please. Through three cheese, cheese, trees. Three free fleas flew. While these fleas flew, freezy breeze flew, flew. <laughs> freezy breeze made these three trees freeze. And then freezy trees made these trees cheese freeze. That's what made these three free fleas sneeze. Stop it. Stop it. That's enough, sir. I can't say such silly stuff, sir. Very well. Very well, then, Mr. Knox, sir. Let's have a little talk about Tweedle Beetles. Do you know about Tweedle Beetles? <laughs> no. Well, when Tweedle Beetles fight, it's called a Tweedle Beetle battle. And when they battle in a puddle, it's a Tweedle Beetle puddle battle. And when these Tweedle Beetles battle with paddles in a puddle, they call it a Tweedle Beetle puddle paddle battle. And when Beetles battle Beetles in a puddle paddle battle, and the Beetle battle puddle is a puddle in a bottle, they call this a Tweedle Beetle bottle puddle paddle battle muddle. And, and when Beetles fight these battles in a bottle with their paddles, and the bottle's on a poodle, and the poodle's eating noodles, Shit. They call this a muddle puddle tweedle poodle beetle noodle bottle paddle battle. And now now wait a minute, Mr. Sox, Fox. When a fox is in the bottle where the Tweedle Beetles battle with their paddles in a puddle on a noodle eating poodle, this is what they call a Tweedle Beetle noodle poodle bottle paddle muddle duddle fuddle wuddle fox in socks, sir. Fox and socks, our game is done, sir. Thank you for a lot of fun, sir. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. next week on the show, we shall have Beetle Battles. Beetle Battles. <laughs> I've and got my battle muddle. training already. <laughs> We're going to have a puddle muddle, too. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, 
While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Kiss some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing more. Ah, distinctly, I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly, I wished the morrow. Vainly, I had sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Nameless here. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating to some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This it is. Nothing more. Presently, my soul grew stronger. Hesitating then no longer, Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. That I scarce for sure heard you, here I opened wide the doors. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams of no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this. Nothing more back into the chamber turning all my soul within me burning soon again i heard a tapping somewhat louder than before surely said i surely that is something at my window lattice let me see then what they're at is and this mystery explore let my heart be still a moment and this mystery explore is the wind and nothing more open here i flung the shutter when with many a flirt and flutter in their step the stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisant, maybe. Not a minute stopped or stayed he. But with mine of lord or lady perched above my chamber door. Perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door. Perched and set. Nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling. By the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said... Art sure no craven? Ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. Quote the raven. Nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning, little relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door with such a name as nevermore but the raven sitting lonely on the placid bust spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour nothing further than he uttered not a feather than he fluttered 
until I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. Caught from some unhappy master, unmerciful master, Followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore. What this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, she shall press. Ah, never Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee, respite, respite, and nepent thee from the memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind nepenthe. And forget this lost Lenore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Prophet, prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet, all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quote the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quote the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign in parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart. And take thy form from off my door, quote the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on that pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er his streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore.
I'm Fam. Fam, I am. That Sam I am. That Sam I am. I do not like that Sam I am. Do you like green eggs and ham? I do not like them, Sam I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Would you like them here or there? I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouth? Not with a goat. 
could you on a boat? I could not, would not on a boat. I will not, will not with a goat. I will not eat them in the rain. I will not eat them on the train. Not in the dark. Not in a tree. Not in a car. Now let me be. I do not like them in a box. I do not like them with a fox. I will not eat them in a house. Maps. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. I do not like them, so you say. Try them, try them, and you may. Try them, and you may, I say. Sam! anywhere. I do so like green eggs and ham. Thank you. Thank you, Sam I am.